be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Our guest today is widely known as one of the most accurate pollsters in the world. Founder of the Zogby Pool, Mr. John Zogby, will be here in just a minute. He's going to give us an up-to-the-minute look at his Obama meter and tell us how the recent Republican and Democratic conventions helped the candidates as well as where they go from here. Before Mr. Zogby joins the program, let me tell you a little bit about this legendary pollster's background. Zogby was born and raised in Utica, New York, the son of Lebanese Catholic immigrants. He received his undergraduate degree in history from Lemoyne College and his master's degree from Syracuse University. He is also the proud recipient of two honorary doctorate degrees. Mr. Zogby has also taught history and political science for more than 24 years. In 1984, he founded the polling firm Zogby International, which first came on the scene when it reported that New York State Governor Mario Cuomo would lose his home state to presidential incumbent Mr. George Bush. Then in 1996, the Zogby poll came within a tenth of one point of actual presidential voting results. And in 2000, Zogby disagreed with other pollsters who claimed that Bush would walk away with an easy victory. According to his polling data, the election would be a cliffhanger. In addition to having a keen talent for being able to interpret polling results, there are two other reasons Zogby's polls are known to be accurate. First, he includes party identification in his polling data and properly weights this information. And second, in addition to convenient and fast internet surveys, Zogby maintains a good old-fashioned call center with live operators. Mr. Zogby sold his polling company to IBOPE Intelligentsia in 2011 and served on their board for one year. Then early this year, Zogby joined his son to form Jay-Z Analytics. Today, he continues to be in the forefront of polling and analysis, in addition to writing regular columns for Forbes, The Huffington Post, and U.S. News and World Report. And he is a popular commentator on cable network news programs, as well as the BBC and Al Jazeera. To top it all off, Zogby is a senior advisor at the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University, and he is also a best-selling author. And I have to say, if I didn't know better, I'd accuse him of having a secret twin. It's my privilege to have with us on the Costa Report today a man who lets the numbers do the talking, Mr. John Zogby. Welcome to the program, Mr. Zogby. 
Oh, thanks, Rebecca. Please call me John. I'm going to call you Rebecca. I've just finished the Watchman's Rattle, and it is just awesome. So let's be sure we talk about that for a few minutes, too. Uh, oh, you're, you're very kind to say that. And by the way, uh, I need you to tell everyone that's listening today that we didn't talk about you mentioning that. <laughs> no, we didn't. And in fact, I want your listeners to know that I bought the Watchman's Rattle, too. <laughs> well, fabulous. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for being with us today. I know this is a very busy time for pollsters. So yesterday, I received an interesting question from a listener, which I want to open the program with. Um, he wanted to know why poll results vary so much when all of these polls are based on asking the public very similar questions. So what's allowed you to be more accurate than your fellow pollsters? Well, I think that we take special caution in ensuring when we're polling politics that we're polling likely voters. We do that all year round. So we'll have a careful screen to uh, to be sure that the people that we're talking to, to the degree you can be sure of anything at all, but uh, the, the, that they uh, are actual voters, uh, you know, a, a likely voter in March, a likely voter in April, and, and so on down right before the election. Th those individuals may differ from month to month, but at least, um, uh, you know, it, it, it ensures a degree of accuracy because if you take all adults, you'll get a, a slightly higher proportion of uh, some minority groups and some poorer people. Um, so the results may skew a little Democrat unless you screen beyond adults to registered voters to people who say they'll actually vote. Mm -hmm. and, and so what kind of determination or criteria do you use to make sure that someone is a likely voter outside of them saying, yes, I vote, voted in the past and yes, I plan to vote? Well, you know, essentially, are they registered to vote? Mm -hmm. uh, are they identified with uh, with a party? Um, have they voted in the, in the past? Um, uh, do they intend to vote? How likely are they to vote? That's a very important question. If they say definitely or very likely, they're screened in. If they some, say somewhat likely or not likely at all, they're screened out. But they have to pass at least those four or five questions. Now, my question is, in my view as an outsider, certainly not a pollster, it seems like there's just as much art as there is science in this. I mean, at some point, someone has to interpret that data. And isn't that really where the pollster skill comes in? Uh, in all honesty, yes. Uh, you know, I, I really... Um uh, you know, set up a buzz in 1996 when I said it was 80% science, 20% art. Uh, frankly, um, you know, it's about 60-40. Uh, mm -hmm. There has to be good science. You know, there has to be good statistical practice. But by the same token, there, there's a lot of judgment that, uh, that has to be made as well. Um, uh, you have to know what the right questions are. You, you have to uh, you know, if you're asking questions about issues and policies, what we try to do is attach those policies to values that matter to people so that we're not asking them, uh, you know, about some, uh, you know, remote uh, 
you know, piece of water legislation or something they've never, they've never heard of. We're attaching it onto something that might matter to them as a value. And that way, then we really get into their hearts and minds. Absolutely. And as I mentioned earlier, you're known for maintaining a call center to do polling. And one of my questions is, have you noticed any difference between the data that you collect by going, you know, one human to another versus the internet surveys that you do? Well, actually, there are. You know, you try to be as, as uh, and train your people on the phones to be as neutral as they possibly can. But, you know, we, you know, like other good call center operations, have to monitor our people on the phones and ensure, you know, that we have one supervisor for eight callers so that that supervisor can be listening to make sure that the, the tone of voice so do you get different data? I mean, is it is it surprising to you that you tend to get different results from people calling other individuals versus these widespread uh, Internet surveys? Well, you know, we'll do we do a lot of Internet surveys and they can be done and done very, very well. Yes. But, you know, the truth is I'm not going to mention any names of, uh, of any colleagues, but one very famous colleague once told me about 15, 16 years ago that that he hired uh, uh, out-of-work artists in New York, uh, uh, people on Broadway, off-Broadway, actors and actresses, to, to do polls. And normally, and uh, frankly, I'm a liberal and I'm a Democrat personally, mm -hmm. uh, though my polls try to be independent. But I immediately thought, you know, Rebecca, you get a call at home and someone says, hello, I'm calling on behalf of so-and-so, and I'd like, you know, immediately that sets a certain tone. Of course. Uh, that's different than a call you're going to get with all respect to Iowa and Nebraska or Utica, New York. It's, it's, it, it can be maybe a little intimidating to some people. Mm -hmm. So you're go you have to be careful in making sure that you have a wide diversity in callers as well. Uh, you, you do, mm -hmm. you do, uh, and not only um, you know here in the U.S., but you know especially abroad. You know, one time we did a poll um, in Panama, and we used Dominican callers in a mm -hmm. call center. Well, I'll never do that again. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I learned the, the difference, but you know, let me tell you that the era of the live call center mm -hmm. is passing us by. Yes, the, of course. The, just like everything yeah. else, we're going digital whether we like it or not. And some of us old folks like me are fighting it every step of the way, but we're, we're losing that battle, that's for darn sure. Now, we have to take a short commercial break, and when we come back, we'd like to know what your Obama meter says today. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli, owner of Caraccioli Cellars. I have to say that every time that I've been by, it has been packed with people. It's more of a social environment. Yeah, it's really kind of a meeting place as well in Carmel. A lot of people come and taste the flight of wines before they go to dinner. 
We have a big screen TV in there. We feed all the games that are local and important, and it definitely becomes a meeting place for people. So you must get a lot of first dates there, maybe? You know, we get a lot of first dates, second dates. A lot of times it's couples that do come in, and we see them again after the first time. I can imagine, and I would suggest that if anyone's thinking about a first date, that might be a really nice place to kick it off. One more time now, where is the tasting room located and what are your hours? We're located right in the heart of Carmel-by-the-Sea, right on Dolores between Ocean and 7th. We're open daily from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. And on Fridays and Saturdays, we actually open up at 11 and stay open till 10 p.m. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. We have an important election coming this November, and I know that many folks are struggling right now. And if you're not struggling, well, then you're just flat out worried. I know that you're hoping that the next president, whoever they are, will have a plan for getting us out of an economic hole that keeps getting deeper. But this time around, the answers may not come from the top down. Something is happening to us, and it is happening to all people in all nations at the exact same time. And that is why I am asking you to take a moment to read The Watchman's Rattle. It's a book that will change the way you see our problems and also the upcoming election. So please pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. It's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores everywhere. You can also grab a copy at Rebecca Costa. But don't wait. Take a moment to get your copy, and together, let's get our lives and our country moving forward again. I'm Professor Burke from the University of Farmers, and this is a pop quiz. Does sitting on your wallet feel like sitting on a lopsided booster seat? No? Well, it should. See, Farmers agents can help you stuff your wallet by combining auto and home policies so you can walk tall, sit crooked, and hopefully find a decent chiropractor. If you want answers about saving money, you want a farmer's agent. We are insurance. We are farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Call Jerry Seagraves and the Seagraves team at 831-464-1870. Attention job seekers. RDO Equipment Company, the nation's largest John Deere dealer network, will host a hiring open house event with on-site interviews at our Salinas store this Saturday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. We are hiring service technicians and a variety of other positions for our various California locations. Please bring an updated resume this Saturday to RDO Equipment Company at 501 El Camino Real South, Salinas. RDO Equipment Company offers competitive wages, profit sharing, and benefits. For more information, go to rdoequipment.com. That jingle has to be one of the best jingles that airs on KSCO every year. It means the fair is with us. It means we can go to the Agricultural History Project and look at the tractors and farm machineries of yesteryear. The Kodiga Museum. We get to go and see the kids with their animals that they've raised, the chickens, the railway exhibit, and so much more. Why am I talking about the fair? Because the fair, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, has been going through some significant financial problems, and you can help. Go to the fair. It's starts September 11th. It runs through the 16th at the fairgrounds. Be a part of your community. You'll see your friends and neighbors there. You say hi to the sheriff's deputies who are there. You get to eat the fabulous food, see all the crafts that everybody works so hard to make. So just show up. You can make a difference. I really hope that we will see you at the Santa Cruz County Fair. This is Rosie Chalmers saying thank you. 
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and our guest today is legendary political pollster, Mr. John Zogby. And before the break, you were helping us understand a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes in order to remove biases from polling data. So now moving right along, you invented something called the Obama meter. So can you tell us what that is and how it's doing? Uh, sure. You know, uh, on a weekly basis, generally on a Saturday evening or Sunday morning, uh, used to be with U.S. News and World Report. Now it's with the Washington Times. What I do is evaluate the president's week, and I give him a score from A to F. Um, and last week, uh, he got a C, an upgrade over the previous weeks. Um, this week, I think he's had a pretty good week. I haven't, uh, the week isn't over just yet, but I, I have a sense that uh, the, the president's speech, the Democratic speeches at the convention, um, rallying the troops, um, maybe a little bit modified by the jobs report that came out today, but I think the president will probably get about a B. Right, so you think his grade may have gone up at least one grade. Do you, do you give pluses and minuses? I do, <laughs> okay. I do. <laughs> I always liked teachers that did that. I always thought that was kind of a nice way of giving you hope that you could get to the next level. Um, so let me ask you this. How did you feel about President Clinton's presentation? Because we're getting a lot of emails here at the station saying that Clinton may have eclipsed Obama at the DNC. What, what was your feeling? Well, you know, what a tough act uh, for anyone to You follow. bet. You I mean, bet. Yeah. Bill Clinton understands, Bill Clinton gets it, and above all, you know, uh, and this is not an ideological statement at all, no one is better at explaining in real people's terms what everything is all about. So he, I think what he did was he set the table perfectly uh, for, uh, for, for the president by telling the president's story uh, about what the president has accomplished. Um, how bad the situation was and what needed to be done and how great the difficulties were in getting them done. But where the president has failed, um, I think perhaps up until Bill Clinton, was that he could go before the American people and say, hey, I passed legislation. In fact, legislation that few presidents have passed. But he, he has fallen short on telling the voters why that legislation matters to them. Mm -hmm. you know why uh, so in other words it's it's a process the process was completed but you know what on earth does it mean for you and me right uh, people can't can can't pinpoint that. the relevancy of of what has been accomplished exactly yeah exactly. and sometimes you have to connect those dots very closely um, and I do agree with you 100%. Now, to me, it seemed like an even draw because there were just as many emails that came into my website that said Clint Eastwood eclipsed Romney. <laughs> <laughs> What's your take on that? Well, you know, Clint Eastwood certainly grabbed a lot of attention as, as Clint Eastwood would. Um, oh, he uh, went viral all over the Internet. And, you know, in terms of uh, if, if that was the goal, you know, uh, to, to go viral, um, it happened, and in huge numbers, and it was certainly, you know, red meat to the conservative base. But if there was any sense whatsoever uh, uh, as to a message for Romney and a positive message for Romney, you know, Clint Eastwood would probably have been better off saying, you know, this is my guy, I like him, make mm -hmm. my day. Um, but 
frankly, in, in all honesty, I thought it was demeaning to an icon like like uh, Clint Eastwood to go out there and kind of mix it up with uh, an empty chair that was supposed to be the president of the United States. You sort of respect kind of, you know, there should be an icon to icon respect. Right. It felt a little gimmicky, I think. To a lot of people, it was a gimmick. Uh, yeah, I, and I don't believe that it helped Romney, you know, perhaps the red meat, you know, to to conservatives. But and, and that's what conventions are all about, you know, playing to the base. Very few independents and undecided voters bother to, to tune in to these. They won't start paying attention incrementally until the, the debates. Now, some of the polls have the president's approval rating running around 47 percent, but some also indicate that Obama may be losing ground amongst women voters. Uh, do you have any insights on that? I do. You know, it is at about 47 percent, give or take a point. I, I, in fact, have it at 46 percent. That's borderline, you know, for a president hoping to be reelected. The, the, the way to understand women is not so much the gender gap, but the marriage gap. Um, married women tend to be more conservative, um, tend to vote more Republican. And so when I look at the, the results, say, in a typical horse race, I look to see how big is Romney winning among married women. At one point, Rebecca, uh, when the issue of contraception reared its head mm-hmm. during the, um, the GOP primaries, uh, that actually allowed Obama to go ahead by eight or nine points among married women. And then things subsided for him. It's, it's, it's fluid out there. And, uh, single women are hugely uh, in the Democratic column, and hugely they voted for Barack Obama in 2008. Uh, they, of course, will vote for Barack Obama, but the issue is single women, predominantly younger women, single and never married. And uh, besides issues of, of choice and, and contraception and so on, they are also you know, hurting in the, in the present economy. And so that's why th- this deal isn't locked either way yet. I think it's interesting that you, you, what I, I love about what you do is break down the women's vote. There's no women's vote. There's married women's voters that have a different trend. And then there's single women who are trending uh, the opposite, it sounds like. Uh, there, there is. And, um, and so how about the male vote? Do you find a divis- uh, some different categories amongst the male voters as well? Well, you know, the same sort of thing, marriage gap, single men. Uh, you know, and predominantly, though not exclusively, younger, but single men favor the president by 10 points. Married men, on the other hand, tending to be more uh, conservative. The marriage gap is, is very real. So when we look to see how are men supporting, you know, in my latest poll, uh, Romney leads the president among men by six points. Obama leads Romney among women by six points, but those are averages. You know, it's very important to disaggregate. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. So it sounds like the important indicator to watch here is the married and si- versus single vote. That's certainly one of them. Wow. Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, that, that is certainly one. Um, there are a number of things that I'm looking at. I, I'm looking at young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, very hopeful. You know, I've called... Um, those born between 1979 and 1994, the first globals. 
America's first global generation. Mm-hmm. But there's a small and growing subset among young people that I now call Senga, C-E-N-G-A, college educated, not going anywhere. Mm. Uh, and they're not you know, rushing over to Mitt Romney, uh, and they're not necessarily abandoning the president in huge numbers, but the president has all he could do, do to get them out to vote in the numbers that they voted in 2008, and he needs them. Well, certainly with this economy, that's understandable. Now, we have to take another short break, and when we return, I'd like to talk about another group that looks like it's going to play a very important role this election, and that's the independent vote. And let's find out where they're leaning these days. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hello, my name is Tom Burkhart, founder and CEO of Savant Investment Group. We recently opened an office on the Monterey Peninsula headed by local 22-year resident Peter Truman. Our firm began working with clients in the Bay Area 20 years ago. We understand the anxiety of the typical investor, particularly in these volatile times. We're SEC registered, we don't sell products, and we don't receive commissions. We are fee-only advisors. We have a division devoted to corporate retirement plan services that can guide you through the new regulations beginning next year. We manage accounts for $1 million and above. You can reach us at 1-800-672-8268, 1-800-672-8268, and visit our website at www.savantig.com. Again, www.savantig.com. Thank you. Which architect designed the pyramid outside the Louvre? Do you know? Would you like to know? Or just match wits with other trivia buffs by attending the fourth annual Trivia Challenge at the Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium on Friday, September 21st from 6.30 to 10 p.m. Be part of an evening of food, drinks, raffle prizes, and rousing trivia competition. All proceeds benefit adults who want to improve their lives through literacy. To learn more, register a team, or purchase a spectator ticket, go to www.fctriviachallenge.org or call 831-427-5077. Brought to you by the Literacy Program of the Volunteer Center of Santa Cruz County. Again, that's www.fctriviachallenge.org or 831-427-5077. When you want straight talk, great service, and the best deals, you will always find them at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. Hello, I'm Jeff Winterhalder. North Bay Ford is a locally owned dealership with low overhead, friendly, small town values, and the best deals on new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and RVs. Get this, Jeff's deal of the week at North Bay Ford. Get the deal of the week on the Bill Ford Tough 2012 F-150 4x4 Super Crew. Motor Trends 2012 Truck of the Year. Why buy anything less when you can choose between 0% for 60 months or $500 F-150 5-liter retail bonus customer cash plus $2,000 retail customer cash plus $1,000 Ford retail bonus customer cash $1,000 retail trade-in assistance bonus cash. Details at NorthBayFord.com. We need a quality pre-owned economy car for your college student, a new family car for your Sunday drives, or a fleet of powerful new trucks for your Barry ranches. Look first to your friends at locally owned North Bay Ford. 1999 SoCal Avenue, Santa Cruz, or on the web at NorthBayFord.com. 
There's a new newspaper in the Monterey Bay area, and it has real news in it. Hello, I'm John Chown, publisher of the Monterey Bay News and Views. As a longtime area news editor, I know how important it is to get you the news, and we're doing just that in the News and Views. Here is what you will find in our latest edition. Take a look inside the renowned car collector and South Santa Cruz County resident Jack Passy's garage as he prepares for the 39th year of judging the Pebble Beach Concours de Elegance. And did you know manufacturing still exists on Cannery Row? Take a tour of Light and Motion, the world's premier manufacturer of diving and cycling lights. And with $34 million in state park funding found, are there any local parks or beaches still on the closure list? Plus your opinions, community calendars, places to see, and much more. You already know what's on at the movies this week. But if you want to know what your local government is doing, or who is doing all the moving and shaking from Scotts Valley to Carmel Valley, pick up a copy of the Monterey Bay News and Views, available everywhere it matters. Welcome back to the Costa Report. Our guest today is John Zogby. And before the last break, you were pointing out that married women and men are leaning toward Romney, whereas the single vote tends to lean toward Obama. And you also pointed out that the younger vote may be sympathetic to Obama, but it's going to be a big challenge to activate them. So we're starting to hear a lot about the independent vote and that the election may well boil down to which way independence in six to eight states go. So what do your polls tell us about the independent voters this year? It's almost an even split. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, and, and most recently, I, I've had nationally Romney leading by three or four points among independents, other times Obama. Uh, but the the most important thing is that both nationally and in the the ten or so battleground states, about thirteen to fifteen percent of independents are undecided, and that is well that's a pollster's nightmare for starters because we're not sure if they're actually even going to vote. Uh, generally, they're not. Uh, those who are independent are not as engaged as the, the real partisans are, certainly in August, September, they'll start to pay attention, as I mentioned before, incrementally when the, the debates begin. But these days, Rebecca, we're, we're getting anywhere from 4 to 14% of voters uh, who tell us that they made up, the, depending on the state, that they made up their minds on Election Day. Wow. Uh, so that makes our job pretty difficult, but it also makes the candidates' jobs are very difficult as well. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I have heard from other pollsters that there is a tendency that the later in the election the independents make up their minds, the more likely that they will vote for the Republican candidate. Is that a wives' tale? Uh, no, no. There's some history. Um, you know, that generally speaking, um, you know, the folks know the incumbent, and if they're not supporting the incumbent, they've made up their minds not to vote for the incumbent. The only issue then is whether or not they will vote for the challenger. And I think that's sort of where we find ourselves today. There, there's kind of an element of the 1980 election involved here. You know, where Carter and Reagan, you know, were neck and neck going into uh, Saturday before the election, then Sunday, two days before the election, the dam burst. And those undecided voters said, well, I guess this old guy is all right. He's not a dangerous ideologue. They had already made up their minds about Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. I think where, where Barack Obama needs to worry is that, you know, I, I said his numbers were borderline. A 46, 47% job approval rating, 
when he's polling, he's the incumbent who got 53% of the vote four years ago. And here he's polling at 45, 46, 47% in a horse race. It's going it's gonna to be difficult for him to make up the difference. Fortunately for him, he's running against a flawed candidate who, um, who has a, a difficult time bonding with middle-class voters. But the longer this goes for the independents not making up their mind, uh, there is some history there that this may fall to the Republican candidate, yes? We almost had an incumbent rule. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, uh, prior to, you know, in the 90s anyway, you know, the history led you to believe that two, uh, it was two to one uh, undecided voters would split against the incumbent. But I'm not so sure how relevant history is anymore on these things. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a person who's about the same age, I would say I, I understand things have changed so radically in such a short period of time. We can look at history, but maybe not too far back. Uh, now, I have another question for you, and that's uh, Gary Johnson, the Libertarian Party. Mm. In some states, he's pulling I think in, in Colorado, he's pulling six, seven percent. Um, yeah. Is this could this boil down to another Ralph Nader situation, a, a, you know, where there's a spoiler? Because I'm a big advocate of a third party and I hate the third party candidate getting blamed as a spoiler, you know, because sooner or later, somebody says they drafted votes from either the Republican side or the Democratic side. It was Ralph Nader. Before that, it was Ross Perot. Uh, you know, everybody's got a right to run. Um, Al Gore did. Al Gore lost his own election. You know, eight years of peace and prosperity. With all respect to Al Gore, who I think was a, a very good candidate for president, but why was it even close? You know, when you think about it. Well, it's, it was his responsibility to get those voters who voted for Nader to vote for him. That's that's how I see it as well. Yeah. Um, and this time around, um, you know, I have Gary Johnson polling at about four, four and a half percent. When when you consider that three polls in a row, I've had the race uh, between Obama and and Romney not virtually tied, but tied, tied. In fact, two out of the three of them to the tenth of a percent. If you look at the real clear politics, politics. Um, aggregate average it's tied to the tenth of a percent anything that gary johnson gets looms very large that's why i include him uh in right so so let's say he's four to seven percent let's take all the polling data and say he's four to seven percent in a tie he makes the tie in a tie he makes the tie and in fact in a state like virginia or ohio or florida even if he gets one percent that can loom very large. So he, he can really uh, play a role here. Now, generally, you can count on that support to dissipate. Uh, uh, As you get closer to the election, you mean? As you get closer to the election, of course, he's not going to be in the debates either. You know, and so there, there's a tendency then for the third party to fizzle. If, if the race stays close, there's another reason why a third party fizzles. Uh, as undecided voters say, hey, you know what, my, I want my vote to really count, quote, unquote. Um, but uh, what he gets uh, and what we find is two to one, his support comes from Romney. 
Well, one of the things, I had Gary Johnson on the program just a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things that disturbed me greatly is the rules for him being able to participate in the presidential debates were set by the Election Commission. And one of those rules is he has to poll at least 10%, I believe. And he's yes, not being included in a lot of polls. And I and I respect you greatly for including him, because I do believe he's going to play a vital role in this year's election. But it's hard, to, it's hard to get to 10% if you're not even on the poll. No, I know. You know, the rule was 5%, and, mm-hmm. and now this year the commission has, has raised it to 15%. Ah, yeah. Seems like a, seems like a high bar to me. Um, I understand the, I, I understand the, the, the reasoning um, that, you know, if you allow a Gary Johnson, do, do you allow Jill Stein, the Green Party? Do you allow the Constitution Party? And so on. But it seems like at four and four and a half percent, this is somebody who, who should have some sort of a national forum that's provided to him. Absolutely. And I just don't see any downside with letting lesser candidates participate because I think it makes the debate more interesting. They'll raise issues that the other two candidates may not. Well, you know, we had a famous debate in, in our state in the last gubernatorial election in New York. Um, the, I think it was a fellow from the Don't Raise the Rent Party, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a little crazy. It was a little crazy. Yeah, well, I, I, of course, they can hijack the discussion, but I don't think there's any danger with having professional moderators there that that would happen. But certainly it makes it interesting when there's a third-party candidate who really has nothing to lose and can take advantage of that forum. And as you say, well, they raised it to 10 15% in polling, but if he's not on the polls, he made the point of, if they're not including me on the polls, how do we know how I'm doing in polling? Um, I doubt he'll hit, he, he will reach the threshold, but still, I, I would like to see the debates opened up just because I, I really see very little downside. Now, well, we're going to have to take... Four and a half percent is, is substantial, and as you mentioned, absolutely. Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico... These are the states that matter right now. These are the states that they're saying are, gonna, are going to decide the election, and he's polling pretty well in those states. He is. All right. Well, we have to take our last break. And when we come back, let's continue talking about the issues which matter most to voters this year. You're listening to the Costa Report. Are you looking for fresh, creative, and healthy ideas to bring to your table? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole makes it easy to eat the right foods with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. Whether it's Sunday night family dinner or a lunchtime indulgent with your favorite salad ingredients, let your culinary imagination soar with more than 30 varieties of salad blends that range from sweet and subtle to zesty and bold. For the ultimate in fresh convenience, try Dole's all-inclusive salad kits with farm-fresh lettuces, crunchy vegetables, and all-natural Dole specialty dressings and toppings. To learn more about Dole salads and for inspiring recipe ideas, visit dole.com salads or like Dole Salad Guide on Facebook. 
With so many delicious and convenient choices, it's easy to find nutritious inspiration with Dole salads. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. We have an important election coming this November, and I know that many folks are struggling right now. And if you're not struggling, well, then you're just flat out worried. I know that you're hoping that the next president, whoever they are, will have a plan for getting us out of an economic hole that keeps getting deeper. But this time around, the answers may not come from the top down. Something is happening to us, and it is happening to all people in all nations at the exact same time. And that is why I am asking you to take a moment to read The Watchman's Rattle. It's a book that will change the way you see our problems and also the upcoming election. So please pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. It's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores everywhere. You can also grab a copy at Rebecca Cost. But don't wait. Take a moment to get your copy and together let's get our lives and our country moving forward again. Safe Light Repair, Safe Light Replace. Ryan, technician with Safe Light Auto Glass. So you think all auto glass companies are the same? Well, they're not. With Safe Light, you get more. Every windshield we replace is backed by a national lifetime guarantee, keeping you covered wherever you are. Plus, SafeLight has more glass in stock than anyone, so we can get to you faster. Just tell your insurance company you want SafeLight. Or call 1-800-800-2727. Or go to SafeLight.com. Coast Paper and Supply has been family-owned and operated since 1948. They have a wide array of products available, including brand name and eco-friendly cleaning supplies, paper goods, and compostable plates, cups, and cutlery. Whether your needs are for business or home, Coast Paper and Supply's friendly and reliable staff have what you're looking for. They even accommodate special orders. You can find them at 151 Josephine on River Street in Santa Cruz, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30, or call at 831-423-3350. Coast Paper and Supply is a proud member of Think Local First. Don't miss the next exciting Saturday special where MZ takes on the big issues. Huh? How much longer do we want to live in a country where we have so much fear of our government that we're willing to pay them off so that we can live in our own house? Huh? With MZ, it's always thoughtful commentary. <coughs> they say it's very rude to clear one's throat on the air. MZ's willing to listen to other points of view. Please make it quickly, okay? I think it's high time for a commercial break, right? Yeah. And of course, MZ's always happy to make the tough decisions. Given the choice between a life of torture and mayhem and chaos and angst and aggravation versus a life of relative peace, I'll choose the life of relative peace, even if it costs me. Don't miss the next Saturday special, 10 a.m. to 12 noon on KSCO. Back to the Costa Report. Our guest today is polling expert John Zogby. And before the last break, you were pointing out that the two major candidates are in a dead tie. So Gary Johnson, the libertarian candidate, whom you have polling at 4%, will no doubt play an important role. So now let's talk about the issues which matter most to voters this year. In your view, aside from the economy, is there one issue that could make or break this election? Well, you know, certainly, uh, barring anything unforeseen, you know, uh, the Iran and whether or not uh, uh, Israel's um, 
uh, saber rattling turns into you know some form of an attack that could be seen as something that's that's embarrassing to the president of the United States um, and and you know could have an impact something off taking place in Afghanistan or frankly a terrorist attack anywhere in the world you know could jump to the front pages as can an environmental disaster but I think barring you know, anything like that, you know, it's always the social issues that seem to raise their their head. And so, you know, will the, uh, you know, the Republican platform that that states on paper, you know, that um, uh, there can be no abortion at all, even in cases of, of rape and incest, uh, if, if that's something that's highlighted by by candidates or something that trips up a candidate, that's the sort of thing that that can generate uh, a, a young people's vote, a young women's vote for Obama, where some of them may have been, you know, previously turned off uh, and and not interested in voting for Obama. It's interesting when I watch the last days leading up to the election, it always feels like the president is on pins and needles because these surprise events that might occur in Iran or Afghanistan or a sudden environmental issue, they don't bode well for the incumbent. They don't bode well for the president. And yet um, it's happens more than I can count where the uh, challenger uh, opens up his mouth and some ridiculous soundbite comes out, you know, some memory hook, and then it's all over the media. So it almost feels as though they they both have the likelihood of something emerging here between now and Election Day. Is that right? Well, you know, uh, there, there are no private moments. Uh, every, every line and every sentence is scrutinized. The opportunities to say something uh, in a clumsy fashion or that's not very smart, you know, are, 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 you know, the odds of something like that happening are, are huge. I do it every day, you know, and, and, and the media will, if a, if a presidential candidate misspeaks, they're just mean about it. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, the, 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 the good thing in many ways, um, and here, here we are on a radio talk show, is that most people aren't really uh, listening or paying that much attention and understand the nuances in people's lives. I, I think, uh, you know, unless it's really egregious, you know, um, uh, uh, George Allen, Senator George Allen, a few years ago, calling a young uh, man of Indian descent um, macaca, yeah. uh, which translates into monkey. Uh, that's that's pretty egregious, I think. Yeah, um, it is. And on the other hand, any event going wrong between now and Election Day will tend to not bode well for Obama. Would you agree? Um, more than likely, you know, a, a terrorist attack of some sort, you know, it could make the public rally around the president. These sorts of things really are, are kind of unpredictable. But again, remember that the, the big thing each of these candidates has going for themselves is each other. Uh, yeah. Obama is very fortunate that he happens to be running against someone who's not quite perceived as people like you and me just yet. And Romney has going for himself uh, the, the fact that there are some people who are not comfortable with an African-American in office, uh, 
and at the same time, there there are folks that uh, that are worried and concerned, and and that always re- you know reflects badly on the incumbent. Mm-hmm. Now, before we let you go, uh, what do you say to folks that believe that polls do more than just report? the uh, public wisdom or public trends, but that you actually have the power to shape outcomes. Um, how, how do you address that? Well, I'm not always comfortable with the way that media re- uh, reports polls. Um, mm-hmm. However, uh, I, I don't think that we do. I don't think that there are people who vote one way or another because of, of a poll. And I'd be uh, you know, very wary of, of, of that kind of thinking. By the same token, I'm not comfortable with, uh, you know, I remember in 1996, um, I had Bob Dole down in Ohio by six points. Some of my colleagues had him down by 20 points. Yes. And I remember the networks were covering him in Ohio as if he was a dead duck. And I was thinking either I'm really wrong mm-hmm. here or, uh, you know, they, they're, they're letting their own wrong polls dictate um, coverage of this genuine bona fide uh, candidate for but then if you if you feel your candidates down 20 points aren't you likely to not turn out and stop canvassing stop campaigning i mean in that way can't a poll affect people's enthusiasm you know in that sense yes it can you know particularly in the way that the poll is reported or or reflected good consumers of polls really should take a look at all of them mm-hmm. and then in terms of following trends don't compare Zogby on a Friday and Gallup on a Tuesday. See what Zogby's got Friday and Zogby's got Tuesday. See what Gallup has Friday and and Gallup has Tuesday and capture the trend that way. And be sure to look for likely voters in an election. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. There's a new site out which I found really interesting and I wanted to get your take on it. It's called I Side With. Are you familiar with it? I'm not, no. It's an interesting website. You go to it and you type in your answers to about 20 questions or so. And at the end of it, it produces for you the candidate who is most aligned with your views. Oh, I remember that from four years ago. Something like that debuted. That's really very, very interesting. It's very interesting and it's very shocking uh, because I've had so many people email me and contact our website and say, I went to that site and I thought I was a staunch Republican and it turned out I'm most aligned with the Green Party candidate. And they, they're just stunned. You know, they don't know what to say. And I and I go, you know, it just shows how influenced we are by ads, the media. We get confused about which candidate really does represent the views that we have. It's speed dating gone awry. <laughs> <laughs> it is speed dating, and between now and the um, and the election day, we're probably going to see a lot of negative advertising. Do you get any polling response on that? Do we say we hate negative ads, but then let it, let them influence us anyways? Oh, you know, it's it's like the folks who have told us for years they don't pay attention to the detergent commercials, and they're humming the tide. Uh, uh, jingle as they go down the line. Uh, yeah, I remember doing focus groups in 2004, and no, 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 they don't pay attention to negative advertising. And then I would ask, what's the first thing you think of when you hear the name John Kerry? Oh, he was he voted for the 81 billion before he voted against the 81 billion. They got it right from the negative ads. But 
I do think, Rebecca, that there is a law of diminishing returns. Um, there is such a thing as too much money being spent. When you think uh, 90% of voters really have their minds made up, 10% and maybe half of those genuinely have not been paying attention or make up their minds, and that a billion dollars is going to be spent between now and Election Day to try to convince them, I think you're going to see the impact of way too much money. And on that note, that is our program for today. Uh, and thank you so much for being with us. Before we say goodbye, let me thank you in advance for all those long hours I know you're going to be putting in between now and November. Thank you for being with us today, Mr. Zogby. Thank you. This is fun. Take care. If your station is leaving us after this first hour, we have a special treat for you next week. Television and radio host Alan Combs will be here to give us a no-holds-barred look at Obama's first term in office and where Democrats go from here. Now that both conventions are over and done with, and we've heard from Clint Eastwood and Bill Clinton, we are in the home stretch, folks, with both candidates vying for your vote. So don't miss Alan Colmes next week, right here on your favorite weekly news program, The Costa Report. Until then, I'm Rebecca Costa, and you're listening to The Costa Report. question that selling a home can be a tricky business when the economy is uneven. But here's a little bit of good news. Not only are financing options opening up, America's love affair with the Monterey Peninsula still continues. Homes that are priced and marketed right are moving. Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner-broker of Alon Pinnell Realtors in Carmel, where we're happy to report that inventories are coming down and homes are selling. So if you're getting ready to sell or listing your home, call Alon Pinnell Realtors in Carmel at 831-622-1040 or stop by our offices on the corner of Ocean and Dolores or our main office on Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. Alon Pinnell Realtors, serious brokers for serious sellers. How do we get a diagnosis? What are the stages of the disease? When someone in your life has Alzheimer's, not a day goes by that you don't have questions. Do we need full-time care? Are there any new treatments? So many questions. Where do you start? How will I pay for this? Where can I get help? Alzheimer's.gov, a reliable resource for information about Alzheimer's and related dementias. What happens next? Where can I find answers? Alzheimer's.gov. The answers start here. Hey kids, what time is it? 
That's right, it's happy hour. Hi, I'm Charlie Friedman, inviting you to our afternoon get-togethers here on KSCO. Join me weekdays at 4 here on your favorite radio station for three hours of news, traffic, weather, news talk, and a few great 78s from my vast collection. So, listen to happy hour on KSCO. Learn why they call me the genial genius of Watsonville. Happy hour, 4 to 7 weekdays on KSCO. We've got a transmitter, and we're not afraid to use it. News Talk 1080 KSCO. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.